I think I've got an, a timely, important message this morning. You know, God put this on my heart a couple a couple weeks ago, and uh, that that's kind of unusual for me. It, I generally, you know, I'm sweating it out the night before, you know, trying to get all the all the details down and you know scriptures and you know getting everything lined up the way that, that you know I feel like that that God wants me to present it. So, you know, two weeks in advance is, is, is really something unusual, but, but that has its downfall because every time you go back and, and you look at it and, and you study it, you see something else, and, and what was a 30-minute sermon turns into a two-hour sermon. So, uh, but we're, we're not going to go two hours today. Just, you know, don't, don't get nervous, but, uh, but that is, that's, that's the challenge. Uh, I, I want to read this. You know, I was uh, doing some studying, and, and I and I ran across this, and I want to share it with you today. Your faith must never waver, for my word is forever settled in heaven and will not change. Even if every star fell from the sky and every mountain crumbled into the sea, my covenant of love. And my steadfast word will not be shaken. I'm not the author of fear. I'm not the God of doubt. But the God of yes and amen. Confusion is nothing more than the dust of the earth blown by the, in, into the wind by the work of the enemy. And it is not your portion. Faith is your portion. Faith is light. Faith is light that creates, empowers, sustains, and heals. Beloved, when your faith feels weak, I don't judge you, but I do want you to ask me for help. Bring your fears to me and set them before my throne. I am big enough to handle your greatest worries and doubts. I will be your strength in the face of fear. You can rise above it because I am with you. Remember what I have done for you in the past. Praise me, especially when it is a sacrifice to do so. And I will see you through it. You know, I think we're, you know, facing a time of, of, of a lot of sh- shaking and, and, uh, and turmoil. And it's important that that our faith is unshakable. And we can have unfaith, unshakable faith if our faith is, is founded on the Word of God and, and, and we've established a firm foundation. In Hebrews chapter 10, and normally you don't have this scripture, I don't think, verse 39 It says this, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Let that sink in just a little bit. We do not belong to those that shrink back or draw back or that are shaken 
and destroyed. But we are those who have faith and are saved. You know, the title of my sermon this morning is, is Unshakable Faith. And in this, in, in this time of shaking, we need to be sure that our faith is unshakable. In Joshua chapter 18, it tells us this, that in verse 2, But there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. So Joshua said unto the Israelites, How long will you wait before you take possession of the land that the Lord your God of your ancestors has given you? How long are we going to wait before we take hold of the promises that God has given us? You know, the, the promises have been given, but it's up to us to take them. Amen? We have to take a hold of the promises. You know, they're just not going to fall up out of the tree, you know, on us and hit us by accident. But we've got to go take, take hold of the promises. And that's where our faith comes into action. You know, here a few weeks ago, uh, you know, we had the big windstorm on Saturday morning, and and uh, the next Monday, the next Monday uh, when I came came to church, uh, you know, I, I don't do this every day, but but it just seemed like God was impressing on me that I needed to walk around the church and you know, not necessarily look for any damage or anything, but just you know. Uh, walk the perimeter and 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 pray and and uh, so that's what I did. So I went out this door over here and and walked down the down the driveway here and, and then I get over here to the the terrace on the uh, southeast side of the the church here where one camp had planted the tomatoes and you know the vegetables and and everything there and you know and I just stopped there and looked. You know, and God began to talk to me. And he said, you know, people get excited when it becomes, when it's uh, seed time. People get excited when it's seed time. You know, in the spring of the year, you know, things are starting to green up a little bit. It's getting warmer. You know, the birds are singing and, and you get out, you know, farmers, you get out, you, you work the ground and the dirt smells good. You know, and you're excited, you're excited about seed time. And then we get excited about this time of year, about harvest time. Amen. You know, we, you know, the corn's about ready and, you know, some of the beans are. And, and you know, th this is an exciting time of the year. But what we don't get too excited about is the time between seed time and harvest. And there's a time between when you plant the seed and then when you reap the harvest that needs our attention. Amen? You know, I can remember, you know, back when I was a, 
a young kid, and, and this is before no-till and all the sprays and, and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that old. Uh, you know, we would uh, plant beans or, you know, plant the corn, and, and then, you know, they'd come up, and, you know, the beans were about, about this tall, and, and then, you know, wasn't long while the weeds started showing up and the grass, and you'd have to go out there and cultivate it. Man, I hated that. You know, you get out there with a four-row cultivator, and and you 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 go just as slow as you, you put it in in low, and idle the engine up as slow as it'll go, and you're just putting along because you can't go too fast. If you do, you'll cover up the seed, you'll cover up the plants and destroy the plants, and you got to drive really straight too. You know. My problem was driving straight. You know, I'd, I'd get distracted, and it wouldn't happen in the middle of the field where Dad couldn't see it. It, it always happened at the end of the field. You know, Dad would come by and said, what's going on here? Are we cultivating, you know, the weeds out, or are we plowing the beans under? You know, and, uh, but anyway, you know, the, the time between seed time and, and harvest you know, it takes a lot of work. You know, a farmer doesn't go out and and plant plant the seed and not go back to the field and inspect it until harvest time. He inspects that seed every day. He inspects that seed every day to be sure that that the weeds aren't in it, to be sure that that the bugs aren't eating it off or or you know, you got some kind of a fungus or whatever it needs to be sprayed. He diligently takes care of his crop. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 14. It says, And the farmer sows the word. What's the seed? It's the word. Okay? The seed here is, is the word of God. And some people are like seed along the path where the seed is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Satan always comes immediately to steal the seed. Okay? And this first example here is we, we have an example of seed being sowed and it just falls along the wayside. You know, and, and, you know, I would, you know, liken that, that, you know, it, it's seed that fell along the waterway, you know, and fell in the grass, and it's never, never did get in the ground and covered up. It's not going to come up. Or it's, it's seed at the end of the field where, you know, the ground didn't get tilled and the ground wasn't prepared. And, and when that happens, you know, the birds come by and eat it, and it, it just never, never takes hold. You know, sometimes, you know, that's the way our field is. And, and that's the way we treat the Word of God. You know, the ground hadn't been prepared and it doesn't have a chance. Verse 16, it said, And others is like seeds sown in rocky places. They hear the Word and, and they receive it with joy. But since they, do, they have no root... 
they last only for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The word needs our attention. You know, here Satan came and he brought persecution. And, and because the, the seed wasn't rooted in, in, in the soil, it, it died. Okay? In verse 18, it says, And still others are like seeds sown among thorns who hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things come in and choke the word and make, make the word unfruitful. Here the word is, is taken, taken root, but, but there's things that come in and, and hinder the, the progression and, and the maturity of the seed, the worries of this life. You know, the deceitfulness of, of riches and the desire for other things come in and, and they choke the word. You know, um, and, and there's a lot that we could, we could say about that. But, you know, we're, we're not going to go into big detail, but, but anything that, that is more important than the Word of God, you know, falls into this category here of the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires of other things that come in and choke the Word. The battle here is, is for your faith. The battle is for your faith. The word is, is the container, is a faith container. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says to fight the good fight of faith. You know, the fight that we're fighting is, is the, the good fight of faith. If you're fighting any other fight, you're, you're fighting the wrong fight. You know, the fight is the fight for your faith. To finish my story, I, you know, I stopped over here at the northeast or southeast corner and, and you know, God kind of showed me the, you know, what I shared with you. And then I walked around the back of the church here and, and, and started up the other side. And, and back over here in the, in the northeast corner, back there on the concrete, you never seen the like of leaves laying on the concrete over there. You know, and, and I've been working diligently this summer trying to keep all the grass and the leaves and stuff blowed out from around those, those air conditioning units over there. And it's just, it's just like a magnet for leaves and grass back there. You know, if, if there's anything loose, it winds up back here on the east side of the, of the church. And, and they was, they was a, a pickup load of leaves off of those Bradford pear trees over here on, on, on the concrete. And, you know, I was looking at them, and I was like, golly, there's, there's surely not very many leaves left on them trees as many as laying here on the concrete. Of course, you know, they were, they were still full of leaves. But I got looking, and, and the majority of the leaves 
that were laying on, on the concrete were from the outer parts of the branches on the tree. You know, the leaves that were close to the trunk were still attached. But the outer, the outer extremities, you know, of the branches is where all the leaves came from. I want to read to you John chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 9, and this is out of the Passion Version. And Jesus is saying this, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as the branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to me. I am the sprouting vine, and you're my branches. As you live in union with me, as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded, such as branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your life bears abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. I love each of you the same, with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Just, just as the tree, the leaves on, on these Bradford pear trees out here, the ones on the outside edge were the ones that, that got shook off in, in the wind. The ones that were close to the center, close to the trunk, close to the vine, remained attached. You know, a couple days later, all those leaves that were piled up down there in, in this corner over here and around the, around the trailer that sits there were, were withered up. You know, a few days later, they were, they were dried up. And, and we took the blower and blew them off over in the grass and, and, and we've mowed them up and you can't even tell that, that they ever existed. My challenge to, to you this morning is, or the challenge for us, is that, that we need to get just as close to the vine as we can every day. And not be the, one of those that are out here on the edge just trying to hang on. Right. Not just trying to hang on because when you put yourself in that position, you're, you're vulnerable. 
you're vulnerable to be shaken. And we need to have unshakable faith. The storm will, will test your foundation. In Galatians 3.11, it says, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And, and that's us. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is now. Faith is not in the future. Faith is not in the past. Faith is now. And now faith requires us to have a now relationship with our Father God. Amen? Now faith requires us to have a now relationship. You know, and sometimes, you know, I think, you know, I've missed it in that area, you know, from time to time. The shaking that, that we're going through now reveals where your faith is at. Faith is a means to know God. It's a means to access God. Faith is the ability to believe above and beyond the natural. And faith is a window to the supernatural. In Matthew, turn to Matthew chapter 7. Our faith needs to be established on a, on a solid foundation. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them to practice is like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The storm here is not what destroyed the house. If the storm had the ability to destroy the house, it would have destroyed both of them. It was the lack of a foundation that destroyed the house. Does that make sense? The storm didn't destroy the house. It was the lack of the foundation. And, and the time to build a foundation upon the, on the rock is before the storm shows up. If you wait till the, the storm is, is raging outside, I'm not going to say that you can't build a foundation on the rock, but it's a tough way to go. 
it's a it's a hard it's a hard time to build a foundation when the storm is raging outside. The time to to build a foundation on a solid foundation is before the storm hits. And the storm will come. The guy that built his house on the sand, you know, he got two out of three things right. You know, number one, he came to God. You know, he heard the word, but he didn't do the word. You know, two out of three is not bad, but it's not, you know, it's, it's not where we want to be. It's not where we want to be. In Matthew chapter 16, I know I'm giving you a lot of scriptures. You know, I, I hope you're writing them down or you go back and listen to, to the YouTube and, and listen to it again. But, but I want you to go home and look at, look at these scriptures and, and study them for yourself. In, in Matthew chapter 16, verse, verse 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or, or one of the prophets. In verse 15, it says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You know, I've heard a lot of sermons on, on this verse of Scripture, and, you know, I'm not saying right or wrong, but, but I think that the, that the rock that they're talking about here is the revelation that, that Jesus was the Son of God. It's the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. And that's the revelation that's imperative for each and every one of us to, to receive is to know that Jesus is the Son of God, that the Word of God is true, that the 3,000 plus promises in the Word of God belong to me because I'm, you know, I've been born again. And... and we need to have a revelation of that. In uh, you know Abraham Lincoln. This is a quote from Abraham Lincoln. It says, "Faith is not believing that God can, but it's believing that God will." Amen. And that's where we need to be. You know and. It, it 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 doesn't come, you know that that, that kind of revelation doesn't come by uh, you know I don't know how to say this diplomatically, 
It, it, it doesn't come by, by uh, you know, putting things in front of the Word of God. You know, making things more important than, than the Word of God. You know, the foundation that is built on the rock has the Word of God first. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says that the promises of God are active, or alive and active. The promises of God are alive and active. And we have to stand on the rock to overcome the storm. If our foundation is solid, when Satan shows up, he'll break his neck. if our foundation is founded on the rock of the revelation of who Jesus is. And we've got to know that we know that we know that we know who our Father God is and who Jesus is and that we rely on, on, on the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us and, and lead us and teach us. We have to put ourselves in a position of of receiving the word of God. We have to base our lives on the, on the word of God. We have to, to have the word of God in our mouth. You know, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, you know, I'll keep the words before me day and night. I'll meditate on them day and night. You know, that word meditation means to mutter it to yourself or to, to talk it to yourself. You know, sometimes I have a problem with that. You know, I like to just, you know, just... Boy, that's a good word. You know, but really you need to be, you need to be talking it to yourself. You need to be reading out loud to yourself so that your ears hear it. You know, that's what meditate means. That's what meditate means. Because you'll believe your, what you hear yourself say before you'll believe what you hear somebody else say. You'll believe yourself before you'll believe anybody else. And that's the importance of, of reading and meditating, you know, the Word of God. And then we need to be a doer of the Word of God. We need to be a doer of the Word of God. And then we need to spend time in prayer. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to walk in love. You know, I don't have all these up there. You know, we need to walk in love because faith works by love. You know, if you're not walking in love, you know, your faith is not going to operate the way, the way it needs to, to operate. It's not going to operate. You may have a 30-fold have a return on the seed sown, but I like to have a 100-fold return. Amen. The word says that 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 you can't say that you love God and hate your brother because if you do you're a liar. So so we need to get over it. You know, we we, we need to get over it. We need to be sure that our faith 
He's unshakable. That the foundation that we have our faith set upon is, is on the solid rock. You know, I heard a person say one time, um, that, well, you know, I, I, I don't need to read the Word anymore. You know, I don't need to get the Bible anymore. You know, I know what it says. I know what it says. All I need to do is just spend time in prayer. And we do need to spend time in prayer. But if you pray all the time and, and don't get into the Word and study the Word and meditate the Word and just, you know, meditate on it and then just get quiet before God and just let Him speak to you and, and, and give you a revelation of what you've just got through reading, you know, you're, you're going to miss out. That, that's just like keep, you know, pouring water out of a pitcher and never filling it back up. You know, pretty soon, there's nothing in there to pour out. So it takes all of these things that, that we've talked about this morning. It takes a commitment to the Word of God. You know, it takes, takes an attitude of, you know, of expectation. It takes a life based on the Word of God. It takes a life of keeping the Word of God in your mouth and in your heart and before your eyes. It, it, it takes a commitment to be a doer of the Word and it takes a commitment to, to spend time in prayer and in communication with, with your Father God. If, if your faith is being shaken this morning and, and maybe you're not sure whether your faith is, is built on the solid rock or whether you've built it on the sand, you know, I, I would invite you to, to come to the altar this morning and say, God, here I am. I want you to reveal to me who you are and, and what things that I need to change. And if you're in the middle of a storm this morning, you know, I, I would invite you to either come to me or, or, or Pastor Kent or, or Pastor Larry, and, and I'd like to pray with you. The Word says that a, one can put a 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. You know, we can hook our faith together and, and we can shore up that foundation even in the middle of a storm. In Mark chapter 9, this is the account when Jesus healed a boy that was possessed by a, an unclean spirit. In verse 21, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? And the father said, since childhood... 
it has often thrown him into the fire or the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. You know, it doesn't make any difference where you're at this morning. God wants to help you. And your situation is not impossible. But through God, all things are possible. Amen.